Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast. If you're trying to figure out marketing for your startup, then you're in the right place. In this podcast, we go high level, looking at the intersection of branding, data, and leadership to offer you a marketing playbook to grow and scale. Join me each week for in-depth interviews, tactical advice, and practical trainings. Hi, I'm your host, Victoria Hajar, veteran marketer and startup enthusiast. I promise to bring my experience and curiosity to each episode Then together, we'll peel back the onion on this ever-changing discipline that is marketing. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. Today, we're talking about go-to-market strategy. It's something that I'm really passionate about teaching to founders, and really the most important step that you can take in gaining traction for your startup is really beginning with a plan. And so today I'm going to talk a little bit about what is a go-to-market strategy, why it's important for your startup, and and going to help you get started. So before we get into the episode, I do want to share with you that I have a free resource that's going to be really helpful that accompanies this episode. And it is my free go-to-market strategy checklist. And you can get that by visiting Ugly Ventures, U-G-L-I, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S dot com backslash go to market, G-O-T-O-M-A-R-K-E-T, all one word, no slashes or dashes, uglyventures.com backslash go to market. So this resource is really cool. It's an interactive checklist. There's like a little video of me on there explaining a bit. I've got some links to other podcast episodes and to articles and um, other videos that really are helpful in explaining the different concepts and the different components of a go-to-market strategy. But let's go ahead and get started. I'm sure you've heard the word or the phrase go-to-market strategy. And a lot of founders I talk to um, definitely understand how important it is to have a marketing strategy and have probably had the desire to create a go-to-market strategy. But as things get really busy and you're kind of putting fires out and you're executing, I can understand how maybe creating your go-to-market strategy is something that falls off the to-do list. Or perhaps it's something that you did years ago and you haven't really revisited it. So let's just start at the top. What is a go-to-market strategy? So essentially the go-to-market strategy is how your company is going to bring your product or service to market. It's a bit it's basically your tactical plan that outlines all of the necessary steps it is that is needed to succeed in a new market, to launch a product or market or to open up to a new customer. Okay, so there's a lot of applications on how you can use a go-to-market strategy. It isn't necessarily just used for that first moment where you're launching a product right? So I also want to share a bit about the difference between a go-to-market strategy and a marketing strategy. So your go-to-market strategy is really the legwork that is involved, basically the research and the pre-work that needs to happen before a go-to-market, before a marketing strategy is developed. So your go-to-market strategy incorporates your marketing strategy. And I'm going to explain that a little bit. We're going to go through seven steps to build a scalable go-to-market strategy. And this will become really clear. But let's look at the go-to-market strategy as sort of like 
the bigger topic and that your marketing strategy becomes a component of the go-to-market strategy. So again, this is going to be clear as I go through the steps. So let's just go on into what the steps are, okay, of building your go-to-market strategy. So again, before you start with a marketing strategy, you have to go through some certain back work, some certain steps in order to build an effective strategy. And this research and backward is incorporated in your go-to-market strategy. So starting at the top with these seven steps, the first step is to really get clear on why your company exists. And this may seem really obvious, but in practice, it is not always so easy to answer. I, I remember reading a stat, and I can't quote it exactly right now, um, something like over 50% of founders that were surveyed um, asking the question, what problem does your product or service solve? Like they couldn't actually answer the question. And this is the most important piece of the whole puzzle for your startup, right? Why you exist and why you're doing what you do, right? And what problem that you're solving. And so this for me sort of is on two levels. It's why your product exists and the problem that you're solving, but it's also why are you the one that's creating the business? And I think this is really important to stay connected to, especially as things get more and more difficult and complicated as you're, as you're building, right? It's not an easy path. It's not an easy road. So having clearly defined your own personal why will help keep you going when things are getting really challenging. So if you want to go ahead and start this go-to-market strategy process, I really suggest taking some time to answer this question. What is your why personally? And then answering the questions, well, why does your company exist? What problem are you solving and for whom? So again, you can get this on that checklist I mentioned. There's a little section that's going to prompt you to go ahead and write that out. And once you finish that, you can move on to step number two, which is understanding your market. So in order to effectively market your startup, you need to understand some basics about the sandbox in which you're playing in, right? This is the particular vertical, the particular market where your product or service lives. And taking time to research things like the size of your total addressable market, really understanding kind of the pain points that exist for that target, having a handle on the current and future trends that may be affecting the market um, is really, really significant. And this is also something that, yeah, maybe you did it a couple of years ago, but the pace of technology and the way the world is changing, it is really beneficial to revisit that. Go back to, you know, those basics of your market and make sure that your assumptions that your functioning other are still valid. So doing all that basic market research is really, really great. So that's step number two. And another thing to mention about the market, I know from investors that I've talked to, this is really significant for investors. Investors want to understand or to, to see that you are paying attention to what's going on. Um, 
especially in this idea of the current and future trends, especially future trends too, just to understand like, well, what is the future of your particular market or the segment that you serve and why your business is going to last and why it's going to succeed? So having those statistics and doing, you know, reading those research papers, it's really going to help bring color to everything that you're doing as you build your marketing strategy. Number three is determining your positioning. And so when I talk about positioning, it's deciding on and really understanding your pricing, your unit economics. Sometimes in startup world, we go so fast, right? And we don't maybe take into consideration exactly how much it costs to develop your service or product. Like it's really easy to forget those little those little costs, right? And to put together proper financial projections, understanding your margins. Um, this is all going to help you put together your marketing communication. You need to decide really what your positioning is in the market. And so that's going to be determined by like, you know, that those unit economics, what your what are your gross margins? What is the profit per unit? How much do you want to sell? How many units do you need to sell? You know, and making some decisions on how you want to be viewed. Do you want to be viewed as the high end sort of luxury um, thing of your of your sector? Or are you trying to be more cost efficient and cost effective for customers and clients? Here, it's also really important to determine who you're selling to, what types of people are you selling to? Are you selling B2B or B2C? Now, this may seem really obvious. But I've spoken to a lot of a lot of founders that want to do B2B and B2C. This is like a really common um, desire. And there definitely is opportunity to sell B2B and B2C. Absolutely. But I would suggest only starting with one of those segments first and really gaining traction in one area before you split your focus, time, attention, and resources selling to two completely different types of clients. You know, this also is obvious, I know, but selling B2B, the sales cycles are much, much longer, okay? You have, the the communication is completely different. The, the way that you're going to be writing your ads and doing your creative to B to, for B2B is completely dif- different for C to, B2C. Also, you have to nurture your clients differently, your, you know, nurture your prospects differently. And I would say that it's really important for B2B that you have some kind of sales force and sales team, right? Um, so if you're unsure on where to start, it really is doesn't matter <laughs> which segment you start with. It's not like one is easier to sell than the other. Although I would say, depending on your pricing and you know how fast you need that revenue to get in the door, you may consider um, selling B two C because selling less expensive items B two C is going to be a quicker sale than more expensive items B two B. But again, it's all really based around what your overall goals are. But when you're going into creating your marketing strategy, you need to have these things clear. 
And again, it, it kind of sounds silly saying, and I'm sorry, I'm sure like maybe some of you are rolling your eyes, but I do talk to a lot of founders that are kind of confused about these things. And it's, it's nothing to kind of like laugh about. And it makes a lot of sense because when we're looking at positioning and pricing and all these things, we have this tendency to want to grasp all of the opportunities. Because at this point, there are a lot of opportunities, right? You can sell bigger packages B2B and make more money. And you can also sell, you know, all different types of of ways that you can kind of package up different products or services, um, changing sort of the pricing along the way. But again, I always go back to the practicality. So to operationalize selling a bunch of different products to a different a bunch of different segments and different levels and all those things just takes a lot of resources. And so I, the best advice I can give you is just start really small and really focused. And that's going to help you gain traction quicker. And by focusing wholly on one segment and getting really, really granular about how you serve them and how you analyze performance and all that stuff, it's going to help you expand in the future, okay? So expansion is for the future. But when you're starting um, or before you've gained traction in one area, it's, it's just all about doubling down on that one segment and really getting results. Okay, so that's number three, determining your positioning. So once you've determined like really what you're selling, you know, what your prices are, who you're who you're selling to, you know, on the grander scheme of things, the next process in the go-to-market strategy is doing a comp, uh, a competition, uh, your competition analysis, right? The comp analysis, and here you're getting really clear on who your competitors are, and it's really helpful to know what you're up against, understanding their pricing, understanding the keywords that they're using to advertise, understanding their sales funnels, trying out their products, being on their email list, keeping your ear to the ground of what's going on in the world of your business. And again, granted, you know, in this day and age, especially if you have a strong brand, usually it's not like one-to-one comparison. Usually we're creating brands and creating a lot of value to the brands. And so there's going to be a lot of different layers to your business. Um, And sometimes maybe there's not a situation where, you know, people are going to be comparing one-to-one by your thing or another thing. But again, having that deep understanding of this sandbox is really beneficial for making some decisions in your own business, right? And so even if there's not maybe direct competition that you would um, cite for your for your business, I would suggest still getting um, even like an aspirational list of businesses that you admire to really start paying attention to. Now, if you are looking for investment, Investors do also really like that you understand um, who your competition is what and what they're doing and also have some strong points to make about what differentiates your business um, from theirs and, and why you're going to succeed with when maybe theirs will fail. Um, having this information really helpful for investors because, of course, they want to know that you know your stuff and that you're paying attention to what's going on in the market. So that's step number four is comp analysis. 
Number five is your messaging. Do not skip this phase. Do not do make any content. Do not run any ads before you've settled on your messaging and that it's really clear exactly how your product or service solves the pain points for your target client. So for this, I really would suggest um, creating something called a value matrix. And this is so, so simple. It's just create a Google sheet, a spreadsheet or whatever. On one side, you're going to put pain points of your target client. And on the other side, you're going to say how your product or service solves the pain points, right? And think of as many as you can. But what this little matrix is going to become, it's going to help you build sales scripts if you have a sales team, for example. And it's also going to help you create copy for ads. It's going to help you create copy for your website and for your sales pages. Because again, all of this content is going to have to really strongly communicate how your product or service solves a problem, right? Because that's really all we're doing with our businesses. We're solving problems for our customers, for our clients, for our users. And so really getting aligned, even in your own mind, of, of what exactly uh, are the elements of my product or service that solves those problems, it's going to be tremendous in keeping you focused on your clients, your users, um, and help you with all of that creative that needs to be made. Um, so that's messaging. And again, if you, I'm sure if you Google value matrix, I, I stuck, actually, if you get to the blog in the show notes, um, I'll link a, a, a really good resource up for you on how to build a value matrix. Um, I've seen some good ones. So number six, we're getting almost to the end, is creating your launch plan, okay? And uh, the caveat there is the launch plan is not a one-time thing, guys. The launch plan is an iterative process. And really, in the life of your business, you should always be launching, okay? So your launch plan, this is the juicy part, okay? The launch plan is essentially your marketing strategy on steroids. So let's go back to basics. What is your marketing strategy? So you build your marketing strategy by creating your client value journey, which is a roadmap that brings clients or prospects from first knowing about you, your brand and what you do, all the way to becoming raving fans and um, you know, purchasing with you and becoming raving fans. I have a whole, whole other episode just focused on what the client value journey is and how you can create one. But again, you need to set up these basic six steps um, in order to help move prospects through the through that buying journey with you, right? Now, once you've decided on those six steps, right, and the tactic that you're going to use for each of those steps, then you can create this launch plan, which is essentially the campaigns and partnerships that you're going to launch in order to help create buzz and build awareness for your brand at first. Okay. And so that is sort of like, that's the key. That's the key to the go to market strategy are these campaigns and partnerships that you're going to create. But again, these campaigns and partnerships, you cannot do them without having this client value journey created. So in this process, you need to learn about the client value journey and build out that roadmap. So when you do create these campaigns on social or you do go into these great partnerships and bring people into your world, you have a way to actually convert them, okay? Because your client value journey is your marketing 
and sales funnel. And if you don't have that in place and set up and you're creating campaigns or you're running ads and all of that back work hasn't been done, you're going to, your funnel will have a leak. So people will come into your, into your world and then they'll, you'll have no way of actually converting them. Right. So number six is definitely the most important sort of meat and potatoes of this whole process. And it takes a bit of work and a bit of attention to set up. Right. And you can't just kind of start out in the races without all of that back work being done, those steps one through five. And then, of course, you can't sort of get any launch plan um, activations happening until that client value journey is done. And again, in the show notes, I link up to a whole other episode um, talking just about the client value journey and how to build that out. And number seven, the last and final step of the go-to-market strategy is tracking, testing, and improving. So as I said, we should always be launching. And what that means exactly is once you've set up that client value journey, those six steps, your job in marketing becomes um, implementing tactics along each one of those steps, paying attention to the metrics of each of those marketing tactics that you're employing, and then analyzing the data to improve that journey, right? To improve or pivot and enhance the things that you're doing. So tracking, testing, and improving and getting that process set up is a critical part of creating a go-to-market strategy. So there you have it. The seven steps of creating go-to-market strategy. Um, If you want to learn more about this, you want to know more, please download the go-to-market strategy template. It's totally free. Again, the URL is uglyventures.com. That's ugly with an I backslash go-to-market, all one word. And DM me with your questions because this is, again, the most, most important thing that you can do in your business. And I'll leave you with this. You know, a lot of times we feel like we're sort of throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks and we feel like we're not gaining traction in the marketing. And this here is the missing piece of the puzzle that you need this research, this back work done. Um, You need to create your, you know, client value journey. So all of this together is your go to market strategy plan. When we pull all this together, we need to do all this because it closes the loop. Okay, we've done the research, we have the six steps, our funnel is, there's no leak in the funnel, we've got that marketing flywheel going. And if you create that as the first step, right, what that gives you is this feedback loop. So you're never again going to be throwing up things at the wall to see what sticks because once this basic um, go-to-market strategy is in place, when something's not working, you're going to be able to identify the exact moment where you're losing people or where they're not converting. And then you can focus on that one spot for iteration and improvement. And that's actually how you get to success. You're just making these small, like 10 degree shifts. And once the go-to-market strategy is in place and that client value journey is, is functioning, um, a lot of times that iteration and improvement process are these tiny tweaks like changing the design of a pop-up or changing the copy of an ad. It becomes just, again, iteration and improvement. And you got to stick with it. You got to be 
really intentional. You got to analyze that data and stick with it because sticking with it, sticking with your plan and just pushing to make it better and better and better, that is going to get you to success, to get you to traction quicker than changing up your plan, changing up your strategy every three to six months because you think that things are not working. Things are not going to work in the beginning. Okay, there are going to be leaks in the funnel. There are going to be problems with your homepage conversions. There are going to be problems with probably the way that your back end is pulled all together and things maybe not delivering properly, of course. But isn't it smart to be sort of doubling down and analyzing on the plan that you've put in place and figuring out maybe where the problems are or the areas of improvement are? rather than throwing the baby out with the bathwater and starting all over again. Because this is where a lot of us get stuck. We get stuck starting all over again. Because a lot of different things. I think part of it is sort of fear and I think it's distraction. It's sort of easy to start something fresh over again because it's kind of like a blank slate and you can kind of pour your energy into sort of planning again and doing again instead of actually putting your head down and doing the work. So My invitation to you this week is to ask yourself, do I have a go-to-market strategy? Is it current? Do I feel connected to it? Um, Am I committed to it? And again, grab the free resource if you need it. And if the answer is yes, then I challenge you to just double down. Double down on, on working with your current strategy and finding the opportunities for improvement. And I promise you, if you stick with this, over weeks and over months, you will see, you will see the silver lining. Things will begin to unlock for you. So I hope that was helpful. If you have any founders in your life that need to hear this episode, I would so appreciate it if you, um, if you wrote a review and if you shared it, if you shared it with any founders, because again, this is, this is the, the most important basic level of building your startup, have, getting it right with your marketing strategy and your marketing effort. And I just know that if you, you, you work hard and you focus, anything is possible and success is within reach. So that's it for this week. I can't wait to see you back here next week for the next episode of the Marketing for Startups podcast. See you then. You did it. You made it to the end of the episodes. Thanks for sticking around with me and listening all the way to the end. I really appreciate you as an audience member, and I hope that you found this helpful. If you did like this episode, it would mean so, so much to me if you subscribed, if you rate and review this podcast. It helps other people know that this podcast has something worth saying. It also would be super awesome if you could take a screenshot and share on Instagram and tag me at Ugly Ventures, U-G-L-I Ventures, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. I am always so appreciative to hear from you, and I hope to see you back here next week on the Marketing for Startups podcast.